welcome to the Psych and Business Podcast, where we highlight the integration of psychology and psychological principles into the world of business and organizations. I'm your host, Dr. Ernest Wade. So today I'm really happy to introduce you to a very fun lady. Her name is Dr. Jamie Lewis-Smith, and she is the CEO and lead psychologist at Pixel Leadership Group. And I am excited for her to tell you about her team and the work that they do. Dr. Lewis-Smith, also known as the Nerd Lady, is passionate about making people, managers, suck less by providing simple science-backed actions to transform them into empowering leaders, also known as servant leaders. Jamie has spent her career as a leader, coach, and advisor across numerous industries. She's a contributing member of the Forbes Coaches Council, a published author, and an international speaker on topics of leadership, assessment, and employee retention. Jamie is also much like myself, a former NCO, do, NCO dear. So Jamie, welcome to the show. I am thrilled to be here. I'm so excited to talk to you today. Jamie, we have so many friends in, com- in common and I hear nothing but great things about you. So I'm really excited for you to come on the show and talk about the work that you do. But before we get started into that, I really want to start with just talking about you. You've had such an interesting journey. Tell us about your journey and how you ended up where you are. That is a, a great question. So uh, I believe you're a clinical psychologist as well. Is that mm-hmm. right? Yes. Yeah. So we're both clinical psychologists. Uh, my training was as a clinical psychologist. I still maintain my license, uh, yet uh, I don't like to even think back. It's probably been almost 20 years now since I last practiced as a clinical psychologist formally. Mm-hmm. Um, after leaving graduate school, I actually, I, you know, it's funny, I never... I never really thought of graduate school as a specific path into a specific career. I saw it as something that I was collecting really valuable skills and mm. knowledge. Yeah. And, um, you know, you see folks that are going into a research path or the clinical path, and neither of those felt quite right. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, when I was in my very early stages of graduate school, I read something about NCOD, the National Center for Organization Development, which awesome. you and I both worked at. Um, and I said, this is, this sounds awesome. I want to do that. Uh, but of course I still had quite a ways before I was finishing school. Um, but after I left graduate school, before going to NCOD, I actually, um, had this wonderful opportunity to work for a higher ed tech company. It was a a mature startup Mm -hmm. that was based out of New York city. And, um, it was a a crazy experience, you know, working in a New York startup where we had ping pong tables and, you know, booze in the, in the office and whatever else. And it was, it was a lot of fun, but it was, um, you know, it was, it was quite a divergence from, it felt like it in many ways from the graduate school experience. But at the same time, I was really using, you know, all that I had learned in graduate school. I was developing um, content to help students and universities to improve mental health. I was working on things like behavior change and helping individuals to think about how do you how do you help uh, your students to improve their their behaviors and their, you know, the way they're thinking and those things. So it was really cool. But um, I then actually pursued the NCOD route when that organization was uh, acquired by another organization. I said, I, I think I'm, I'm ready for a little bit of a slower pace. Mm-hmm. I was very uh, incorrect in that, <laughs> in that thinking. <laughs> NCOD is NCOD not a slower pace. not slow pace, no. Um, but it was, it was a really amazing experience that I was able to, 
you know, build out my skill set within the organizational setting. Um, and from there, I spent uh, quite a while at NCOD and did some really cool stuff, which we can talk about. I, you're probably very familiar with some of that. I was um, honored to be tapped on the shoulder by uh, Linda Belton while I was there to uh, really lead the way in the development of the servant leadership culture change. Mm -hmm. Uh, before, again, before you had joined, I was the one leading the way there. And it was really cool. And that work actually got the attention of some folks at Nambour's pediatric healthcare system. And I was brought into the HR department there mm. to head up, to build up and head up their organization development function and to work in that talent management space. So I, I was able to get that inside experience of what it's like to be in HR, which was so valuable, so valuable for what I do now. Yeah. Because I, I like to say, you know, now I understand where they're coming from. So I'm able to partner better with our HR, the HR folks that we work with at Pixel. Yeah. So that really gives you a unique perspective from, from the business perspective as, as to how you, how you, how you uh, deal and manage the people resource. Absolutely. I, I appreciate the struggles that they have. They really want to be able to do these wonderful things for the organization and for the folks that they serve there. And yet I understand the struggles. I understand the constraints that they really experience. Um, and so after leaving Nemours, I, I left for a short period of time to spend some time supporting my son, who is a he's now eight. Uh, autistic little dude. At the time, he was not yet diagnosed, but being a psychologist, I had uh, pretty much knew that that was the path that we were on. And originally, I started Pixel Leadership Group, which is where I am now, um, partly as a way to have some flexibility so I could support my son while, you know, doing some cool work. Yeah. Um, but I just love the work and I've been, you know, blessed over the years to be able to grow it into something really cool. So that's the, that's a long explanation of my path. <laughs> yeah. I really appreciate your journey. I think it's such a fascinating experience and I, I'm a strong believer in bringing your experiences to bear in your, your current work. So tell us about the current work that you do at Pixel and the team, the amazing team that you have there. Yeah. Yeah. I, I am, again, I just feel so lucky every day. Uh, I have such an amazing group of very highly qualified coaches, just amazing individuals. They're almost all psychologists, doctorate level psychologists, or some of them have backgrounds in psychology that are applying it in the coaching and consulting space. And we support organizations to really bridge the gap between what we know in the science and how to practice leadership right? Because there is great science out there about how to be an effective leader, how to have uh, the right results with your employees, how to drive better um, experiences for them. But yet that isn't happening, that we're not seeing the application of all this great science that's out there yeah. as much as we would like. Um, so we bring that psychological science to organizations. And, and as I like to say, we work to make managers suck less. I love I love that statement. <laughs> Make managers suck less. You know, yeah. one of the things that you've said and I, I really resonates with me is you say uh, leadership is a psychological process, and then you talk yes. about the science that you bring. Can you talk about the integration of those things, the psychology, leadership, and the science behind all of that? Yeah, yeah. 
leadership isn't a position. You can be in a formal position that uh, puts you in a place where you have some authority, but leadership is not a title. It's not a position. Leadership is a psychological process. It's about how we influence and impact other people and their behavior. Mm -hmm. uh, it's about a mindset as well. Yeah. It's an understanding of how do how are you intentional about how you influence others to achieve the results that you want and to have the right the impact that you want on them. Mm -hmm. So ultimately, you know, leadership really, I believe, is a psychological process. And that's why I think it's so important that psychologists yeah. <laughs> can bring so much to the table when helping leaders to grow, to expand their effectiveness as a leader and help organizations to think about even who would be a great choice for being a leader and how to really grow those individuals into the most effective folks possible. Yeah, I, I love the way that you describe leadership. I don't I don't think I've ever heard it described that way. It's it's not about the position that you're given, right? It's about your ability to influence and actually to lead people. I, I love the way that you approach that and, and then linking it to the psychological process that's involved in getting yourself ready to be able to do that. Absolutely. It, 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 to be um, have your maximum level of influence to help a group of people. So, so you think about leadership. Why do leaders exist? Mm -hmm. Because a single individual is able to align and motivate and inspire a group of people to achieve something that's much larger than they could on their own. Mm -hmm. And I always say to my clients, you bring value to your organization as you're able to scale your leadership and scale your impact. Mm -hmm. So if you're, you know, trying to get in there and do it yourself, you know, I always hear when I have a client who's, I roll up my sleeves and get my hands dirty. That's really awesome that you want to be helpful, but also you can become a bottleneck because you're too, into the weeds and you're not as focused on empowering others mm -hmm. so that you can really scale your leadership and, uh, you know, affect a bigger amount of, of change and impact for the organization. So, um, to be able to do that, you, you know, the leader really has to think about how they show up. Um, how do they interact with others? How do they create the trust mm -hmm. that encourages others to want to do their best for this person and for the, the team and the organization? So to talk, walk us through your process at Pixel, you know, when you have a, some, a leader come in and, and I know you use data through assessments, walk us through how you, you use that and how you integrate all of that to help the leader be successful. Absolutely. Yes. So we uh, have designed all of the work that we do at Pixel, all the, we do, we do a number of different things. We have assessments and we create custom assessments. Um, we do leadership development programs or, or group-based uh, work, but where we really focus most of our time is on coaching. So we've taken what we know about behavior change, adult learning, all the best practices and what the science says about what leads to the best results. Mm -hmm. And we've incorporated that into our coaching uh, approach or our coaching framework. We call it the ACEs framework. So we incorporate assessment into the beginning. So we know that data is really critical, both so that we can look at um, the change over time, but also so an individual has good data to work from. If you don't know where you start, it's hard to know where you need to go or how to get there. Yeah, you're building that self-awareness for that leader, right? Which I think is one of those critical elements. Absolutely. That's a critical first step, helping them to gain self-awareness um, 
I, I could I could go off on a tangent just about 360s in and of itself because I I'm a again I'm a nerd I'm a nerd around these things, um, but I always say the power of a 360 is it helps to filter out intent so they can see their impact mm. and helps them to understand how are you showing up to others mm-hmm. how are you influencing others and if we go back to the concept of leadership is influence. Well, that's that that 360 gives us the insights into how that person is influencing and, and impacting other people. So in your experience, so, are you seeing a lot of um, variability between how people are, are their intentions and actually the, the impact and, and their awareness of that? Yeah, that's a good, good question. I, I frequently say 90, let's say 99% of the population does not wake up each morning and say, I want to suck today. That is not what's happening, right? <laughs> they they yeah. have the right intentions. They really do. They, they want to do, you know, they want to be effective. They want to achieve good results. They want to be valued. They want to be appreciated. You know, they have these desires. Right. And, and leaders are the same. They really, they want to achieve something for the organization, for themselves, for their team. Mm -hmm. They're coming from a good place. They have the right intention, but the impact they're having is not always what they think it is. Right. And, and so helping them to appreciate that you may not be having the impact that you really want to. And how do we use this data to think about where your key leverage points are for change? So that's usually how I use the 360s. But so in that beginning portion of the the coaching process, we want to really engage in a lot of data collection or with some assessments, help them to understand themselves, help them to be targeted. You know, when it comes to change, you can only focus on so many things at once, right? The data would suggest, you know, one or two things really are going to be all you can handle. Mm -hmm. So um, helping them to use that data to become uh, focused on a few things, developing a really solid, um, achievable plan for change. And uh, we actually take an iterative approach to development planning um, where we, t- with small bites, yeah. right? What are two things you're going to do for each of these goals over the next week or the next two weeks or the next month? And once you've achieved those, you iterate and how, okay, where do you build from here? And that leads to, again, it's a it's a very fluid approach that helps to lead to great results. We always bring the manager into the process, the individual's leader manager to um, not only be providing feedback, but also support for their growth and development. Um, we are very big on data, as I said. So we actually often collect data throughout the coaching experience. So kind of pulse checks. And one of the cool things about our 360, which is not the case for, I don't actually know of any 360 that has this, is we have a change tool that we uh, administer at the end of the coaching to look at the amount of change from the beginning to the end of the coaching and to be able to tell them where that others have experienced the change that they've, the changes they've made. So you're, you're tracking the individual's change as they, as they move along and how other people are experiencing that change so that they can get that feedback as, as they're going along. Right. Yeah. Most coaching programs will maybe ask the coachee, mm-hmm. you know, was this helpful? How much did you change? But we actually collect and we do another 360, but it's a, a technique to really understand how much change are other people perceiving 
of what you're focused on. So and why is that really... important to, to, to get mm-hmm. that perspective from other people and not just the leader? Yeah. Well, let's go back to leadership is about influence. So that's about how are they impacting others? How are other people experiencing this person? And so by gathering that input from others, they're able to say, are the things that I am doing, the behaviors I'm trying to change, the actions I'm taking, are they having the impact with others that I need, you know, need it to have? Yeah. So that's why it's so powerful to, to gather that information at the end of the coaching uh, experience. Yeah, that's awesome because it just reinforces the what you just said is that that it's 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 not just about your intention; it's about how it's being perceived and received by other people. Right? Yes, yeah, and and is it is it having the impact you want on other people? So you know, again, we may work on something. Let's say we're working on growth mindset, and that's great. We're working on our own ability to accept failures or to use them as learning opportunities, or um, at, you know, and so forth we might work on that and internally make change and have adopted more of a growth mindset. But are we displaying it to others? Are we engaging in behaviors that encourages others to experience a growth mindset from us? Mm -hmm. That's where the um, power of leadership comes in is how are you displaying, demonstrating your leadership in a way that others experience it and are moved in some way by it. Yeah, so that's really powerful. I think sometimes we forget it's it's not just about what you do; it's how it's perceived, how it's received, it's the impact that it has on other people. Right? I think there was a hundred percent. I remember there was a leader that I that I used to work with, and they'd say it was it was about communication, and they say, "Well, I communicated, so if they didn't hear me or they didn't do what I wanted them to do, that's that's their problem, not my problem." You know, I had to be like, "No, that, yes. that's your problem because you need <laughs> them to do what they're supposed to do, and if they're not doing it, that's your problem." Right. Absolutely. Yes, exactly. Exactly what you said. It is your problem. And so um, helping them to see that and to really be thoughtful and intentional about it mm-hmm. is is so important. And I'm really, as a coach, very passionate about helping people to think about that process itself. Like, how do you translate what is, you know, maybe a, a relatively complex, abstract concept into impact with others. So I'll take empathy, right? Well, we all know that empathy is important for leadership, mm-hmm. but what, how, how do you know somebody's empathetic? What do you do? It's it, There's a number of components psychologically uh, into empathy. It, there's how you're thinking and experiencing another person internally, mm-hmm. but then how do you display it so that others feel it? Because when it comes to leadership, it's really about are other people feeling the empathy that you're experiencing? Yeah. So, now, yeah. Jamie, I know you have a great team of, of coaches, but I know you are also an, an excellent coach as a member of the Forbes Coaching Council. Can you can you yeah. share any examples of, of how you've used this approach to actually help leaders be successful? Yeah, absolutely. Well, exactly what I'm, I was just sharing. I get really excited helping people to think about, you know, I, I work with, um, mostly individuals that you might consider are um, specialized in the highly specialized, I guess is the way to think about it. So individuals that are physicians, engineers, attorneys, very intelligent, high performing individuals that have always been um, reinforced and they're, they've, you know, grown in their career because of their expertise and the, uh, right. 
And uh, yet they haven't really usually spent a lot of time thinking about how they interact with and impact other people. And so I love working with that group of uh, individuals because they have, they can get the results that are needed, Mm -hmm. but it's helping them to appreciate the influence piece that we've been talking about with leadership. So, um, and, and it's really cool because usually it's more like a light bulb finally goes off. You know, I had somebody I was talking to recently who um, I had a similar conversation with them about, you know, leadership is really about your influence. It's how you impact others. And I said, your job is not to get results. Your the results that you're working towards is how other people experience you. That is your result as a leader. It's not the thing you're trying to achieve. It's not the widgets you're making. Yeah. And, you know, that light bulb moment, he's like, I never, that never occurred to me. But that switch in like, oh, I, I still am getting a result. I'm working towards a result. Yeah. It's just very different than I thought. Um, that's, that's always really fun. I love the way that you, 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 you reframe success there for that leader, right? Because I think, you know, when we talk about, technical experts they usually are focused on you know whatever it is you know engineers physicians whatever it is that they that they're doing they're technically expert at that and when they yeah. become leaders it's it's sometimes very challenging for them to switch their focus to what success means right success doesn't mean seeing a hundred patients or billing hundred hours it's it's making sure that your people are successful and it's it can be very challenging for them to make that switch yeah it's making sure they're successful and helping to empower them to be able to do the work themselves. You know, that translation of your, your expertise is not really the goal anymore. And that's really hard for a lot of the clients I work with because it's so core to their identity to be, you know, this amazing engineer, this amazing surgeon or, or whatever. And, and it's hard to let go of that, but to help them to, find value and fulfillment and you can help all these others to achieve that level of, you know, amazing skill and, and subject matter expertise while you're supporting their success and growth. So, so how do you do that? Cause I know there's a lot of people listening who have that very same, that very hard experience. How do you, how do you try to help someone to make that adjustment? Yeah. Yeah. Well, some of the conversations I have with clients is about like, is this, where the direction you want to go, because if what you do and you're an expert in, and and you've spent, you know, unknown years developing this, this subject matter expertise, if that is so important, it's how it fills your cup. Mm-hmm. Like do is leadership really the thing you want to do because they're different jobs. Yeah. They're just completely different jobs. But if leadership is the thing you want to do, then let's really explore what does it now mean to have success there. And it's helping them to think about, you know, like I said, a different, you are, you're, you're working towards different results now. And the results are about how your people that you lead feel, how engaged are they? Are they fulfilled at work? Are they satisfied? Are they achieving at the highest possible level that they can be? That's where you're successful. And it's just, it's, I always say like, the, the, you've been measured in, with a whole different yardstick and now there's a new measurement system. It's not, you know, you've gone from, you know, 
the metric system to the United States, our system that doesn't make any sense to anybody else, right? <laughs> Whatever. But you're not being measured on the same in the same way anymore. And it, that's okay. It's just learning this new way and this new approach. And um, just for many of them, it's, they have never thought of even that leadership role as really being a distinct yeah. um, role, a different, a distinct, you know, job. I think that's, that's such an important thing that you're doing is you're bringing awareness to the fact that leadership is not something that you're just going to tack on to what you regularly do. It's a completely yes. different beast and you requiring completely different skills and abilities and you have to be willing and willing to make that commitment to put in the effort into it, right? It's, it's leadership is hard. And, and I yeah. think that you that, that, that awareness is really important because then they get to make that choice. They get to make that decision. Yes. Yeah. I wish that more organizations were focused on what leads to good leaders mm. versus, and had really great paths for exceptional subject matter experts to continue to grow. And unfortunately, the way it works in most organizations, as I'm sure you know, is, you know, you keep getting promoted higher and higher because of your subject matter expertise. Um, and, and, you know, I, I really wish that we saw that more often where organizations said, what, what makes somebody a really good leader? They probably are not mm. going to be the best at the technical stuff. Because those things, they, they can go together, but usually it requires um, some real intentionality on the person, on the, the part of the individual to really um, be effective in both spaces uh, at an exceptional level. Yeah. So, yeah. And, you know, Jamie, I, I know you, you've also had that, <laughs> that HR had, you know, that HR experience. I want to ask you from that perspective, what did you see as one of the most critical things of, of having great, good leaders, right? Good and great leaders in an organization. Yeah, I mean, I, like I said, I I appreciate the huge challenge that HR folks are facing, right? Because they know they they get it because they live day in and day out with both the good and the bad leaders. They really understand, you know, what it looks like, and they can even really appreciate what it would look like or mean to do it differently. Yeah. But they're working against a huge system, uh, typically, really, a really ingrained culture and a way of doing things. And so for many HR folks, especially when you're talking about, let's do something differently that will lead to a better result, Mm -hmm. then you're talking about a culture change, which I'm sure that you know is is a huge endeavor. And and that can be tough because it's hard to push against um, the existing structures that do reinforce promoting those folks that are the the you know most technically skilled and and so forth it's hard to to encourage folks to say hey is this the only way to do this yeah. is there a different way yeah. that could be more effective but you know so i know they're really up against huge challenges there yeah. it's hard to buck the, the the system and the culture that's been in place for so long it, it definitely is, and they're a part of it, right? They're they're in the yeah. they're in it. They're, they're in the muck yeah. of the of the system, trying to kind of work through it themselves. I'm sure too. Yeah, Jamie, we could we could go on forever, but I I know that you've done and you do such great work. How do people get a hold of you? How do they they connect with you and, and consider and continue the conversation or get your services? 
Yeah, I love it. So I, I would love for folks to get in touch with me. Uh, you can go to www.pixelleadershipgroup.com. Um, I'm pushing everybody follow Pixel on LinkedIn, pixelleadershipgroup.com. Um, we provide curated content there. We, we try to bring really good science to folks, really cool articles that can be valuable for leaders, for HR professionals, uh, for psychologists who are practicing in the workspace. Um, and yeah, reach out. I will, as you can see, I will nerd out on you anytime, anybody that wants to talk about these things with me. <laughs> yeah. I love that. You know, one of the, one of my other degrees is, in, is actually in, in cognitive psychology and a lot of research based. I'm, I'm a data driven person. I love data and I love how it can help us all be successful. So I appreciate the work that you're doing and the work that Pixel is doing. Absolutely. We love data too. We are, we always say we're nerdy, but fun. We know we're nerdy. We hope that we're fun, right? Nerds can so. be fun. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Jamie, I always want to ask the the experts that we have on the show to give us a tip. So what, what tip can you give us and the business leaders out there in this day and age? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would say my tip is uh, focus on your managers. Your people managers are the most powerful driver of an employee's experience. It, it accounts for 70% of the variance for those nerd folks out there that want to yeah. know there's, yeah, it's huge. And so it, I, I, I'm out there constantly talking to groups and saying, we have the answer. We know how to make it work. This is the thing. So invest in your managers, focus on them like your organization depends on it because it really does. They will be the key to success if you can help them to be effective as, as leaders. I really appreciate that. And management can be so hard because you're being squeezed from two sides. You have your leaders that are squeezing you for results and your employees that are squeezing you for other things. So it can be very, very challenging experience. And it's also very isolating, you know, like managers don't have a lot of opportunity to engage with other managers. So I, I love that experience. Focus on your managers, you know, recognize how important they are and help them to be successful. Absolutely. Well, Jamie, it's been fantastic having you on the show. I think we're going to have to have you on because there's just so much more we could talk about. I would love that. This is great. Thank you so much for having me. Well, thank you for coming. And to our listeners, thank you for listening. We hope you'll join us next time.